So I'm really excited to introduce the guest editors for our upcoming special edition on leadership, Lisa Di Prospero and Dr. Christina Malamatenu. And Lisa and Christina have been working hard putting together this issue that's going to be coming out in December. But we've already been seeing a lot of the good content being shared online in our in-press section. Um, I'm going to ask you guys a little bit about leadership today, what you think about leadership and what you learned when you're putting together this guest edition, because I'm very interested in what you have to say. But let's start by um, learning a little bit more about you. So could you tell me a bit about yourselves and your leadership role? So where leadership shows up in your life? Maybe Lisa, if you don't mind going first. Great. Um, so hi, everyone. Really excited to be part of this podcast and just share uh, some of my thoughts and learnings um, over the span of my career. And um, my training is in radiation therapy, and I uh, trained um, in Toronto at the Sunnybrook Health Sciences Centre. I would say since I graduated many years ago, so um, in 96, um, I've taken a number of roles um, in terms of the, uh, the leadership piece. But really, when I reflect back, I would say that uh, a number of those roles weren't formalized leadership roles. It was just different opportunities uh, that came forward that I was able to stretch myself and opportunities that were presented to me by other individuals who I really consider uh, roles and uh, mentors. So across that, I would say the first half of my career, it was more of the informal roles, um, leading in projects and different initiatives. And then the latter half of my career became a little bit more for formalized, where I was able to um, take on those leadership roles and then bring into my team others that were um, looking for the same opportunities I was early on in my career. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's how I think about it in terms of really spanning from, you know, this informal to this formal, and then now switching the lens a little bit where I really would like to become a leader that is growing others. Mm, that I do, kind of sending the ladder back down, whatever. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's, a nice, that's a nice thing. Um, what's, your, what's your role at Sunnybrook at the moment, Lisa? Yeah, so right now I'm the uh, Director of Practice-Based Research and Innovation at Sunnybrook. So leading the academic uh, research and scholarship portfolio for non-physician health professionals. So I always say that was always my interest uh, early on, even when I graduated from radiation therapy and took on that role in radiation medicine and specifically in the radiation therapy field. So really thrilled in this uh, leadership role to be taking that to um, a wider audience and impacting the system more widely, looking at um, all non-physician health professionals. So you're working with a bigger healthcare professional team, different disciplines. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, Christina, returning to you, can you tell us a little bit about you and leadership? So... Um... I'm currently the director of the postgraduate program in radiography at City University of London, which means I'm responsible for all of our master students 
and our doctorate students and to make sure that also I build research capacity within the department for academics and other people. So I see, I see the capacity, capacity building as, as a huge role for a leader, very similar to what, um, to what Lisa said about you know, developing others. Um, I'm also the, um, the chair of the AI advisory group at the Society and College of Radiographers for the artificial intelligence work we're doing there. So there is more about highlighting and raising awareness for this innovation in radiography practice, research and education. And I see that a bit more role modeling and, and getting people on board. So it's, it's quite a, a strenuous act to try and get people on board when something new comes in and, and, and be convincing and you know um, develop a narrative. So a bit like an innovator really. So it's, it's quite hard, it's, it's quite lonely at this point, but I hope it will not be lonely in the coming years. I, I certainly hope so. And things are changing very fast to the right direction, I'm sure. Um, I'm also going to be the new chair of research for the European Federation Radiographer Societies come April 2023. I'm currently the vice chair for that. So I oversee um, the strategy for research in, in the European region for radiography, which is a role with big responsibility. It's more the responsibility rather than the, you know, the, the opportunity that I see at the moment because a leader if they get things right, they get them, you know, right for everyone. But there is, if you make mistakes, they can be done on a massive scale. So it's it's the huge responsibility and accountability I see in the in these big roles. Um, the the role I'm most proud though about is the research mentorship program at the Society and College of Radiographers. So this is something that started with a personal journey to self-discovery uh, where I nearly gave up, gave up my PhD at the start when I came to the UK in 2002. Went through fire and eventually I managed to somehow complete it um, on time with, with all the challenges and difficulties and crying and, and, you know, and, and all the problems there and challenges. But um, I think this made me want to make things easier for others, other radiographers who come onto the profession and they aspire to be researchers. And I know this can be perhaps sometimes, it used to be much more unorthodox than, than you know it is now, but it's still quite challenging. It's still quite lonely, a lonely path. So we created that with the help of many people at the society and college radiographers. And this is perhaps my leadership position as the chair of the steering group that they were most proud about. So I think through these roles, I, I tried to touch upon different my different perceptions about leadership, like things like accountability, role modeling, et cetera. Amanda, I hope this answered your question. Mm, yeah, it does. Thank you. I think we had a few similar um, similar expressions through both of your stories, you know, looking at leadership as kind of role modeling and bringing other people on and then potentially being a bit lonely, Christina, you said sometimes being the kind of first person into an area can be a little bit isolating, but hopefully, like you said, things are changing. So thanks for giving us a little bit of background. And both of you are doing an amazing job, as I said, curating this um, special edition, the first edition that we've had on leadership. And I'm wondering, reading all the papers and um, encouraging submissions as you've been doing using your networks, 
Has the experience changed how you think about leadership? And how has it changed? Okay, Amanda, you want me to go first? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Thank you. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, so I would say, first of all, as Christina and I, we first met um, as co-guest editors, which um, was amazing because we actually, our thinking was quite aligned in terms of our thoughts on what um, a curated collection would look at, like. Both of us um, did see leadership as really a wide lens and could be interpreted uh, in many ways and across different topic areas. And we really wanted to project that in the collection where um, leadership really took, to, took on all four pillars of clinic, uh, research education, um, and leadership itself. And bringing in the narrative as well, thinking, you know, in, there's a lot of research um, that shows an underlying message is leadership within the re research itself and the topic, but then the narrative of the experience um, as well. I would say in terms of um, reaching out to our network um, and discussing and offering them the invitation. And the network was huge. It was completely interprofessional. And I think, um, I know we never talked about this, Christina, but maybe you can speak to it. I know both of us, as we move throughout our leadership roles, we've expanded our network to become quite interprofessional. And we saw the advantage of affording the re readership, um, the leadership perspective beyond um, the radiation sciences and imaging sciences. And your the readers will see that when they see the collection as a whole. Christina, over to you. I didn't know if you wanted to add anything to that before, and then maybe we can continue. Thank you. I mean, it was a privilege to, to work with Lisa and Carly First of all, because I got to, to, to learn from them and to meet them and to see the different practices, you know, on the other side of the pond, really. And what was really striking, and, I, and this comes about from the North American studies, you know, and the papers represented in the issue, is that I, I do think people in North America take leadership much more seriously and they are taught more about it. I mean, there is more maturity in the papers that come from North America. Whereas I think, I think in other regions, leadership is something that you grow into and perhaps we don't have enough or perhaps as much, as much didactic and instructional support as one would like. So perhaps we don't have the language or the terminology. We have more like the, the lived experience of leadership and the emotions and the, you know, um, and the things that come with it, but not necessarily the language. So the language was there for North America. I saw many of the people using terminology, using, you know, big authors' names from a leadership background. So that was one of the things I learned. I also learned a few things about myself because on a leadership journey, we learn all the time. So I, I realized, and actually this is in one of the papers uh, I've written that, Although I, I started as a quantitative researcher and I was nurtured by numbers and percentages, 
And then I evolved and I learned a bit more about qualitative research. I think my leadership style aligns more with what we would call leading from the heart. So although it was always in my, in my head, I never put that down in paper and reflected on it. And when I was reading about it to write the article, I said, okay, so this is, this is definitely where I'm going at this point of my life. And this can change. And the other thing that I think that uh, Lisa touched upon is about the diversity in leadership. There's not one way to be a leader. And Lisa uh, and, and, and I tried to put that out for the, for the readers as, as, more, as transparent as, as it can be. So Lisa spoke about multidisciplinary teams, about the different areas of radiography practice, like research, clinical, education and management. And I think also we wanted to have diversity from in terms of genders, all genders, people from all backgrounds, people from all different areas of you know where they came from, um, and and I think this is very this is very obvious. So we don't want to propose as one kind of leader. I think there everyone can be a, a leader, provided that they can jump onto the opportunity and they are willing to to take it on to take on the challenge of, of being a leader and you know inspiring people and doing it their own way and I think it's this diversity of the leader because sometimes this is what puts people off and they say I cannot do it because we might have a fixed idea of what a leader is in our brain and unfortunately this might be apologies if I say that uh, for some people who might be in that role it might be a middle-aged white man you know and actually it might be a, a very young black um, LGBTQIA woman, so who, who will be the leader. So people might feel really framed by stereotypes they see, but actually what we want to say is everyone can be a leader, whatever the race, the gender, the position, the background, the class, or the discipline, uh, provided they will take, out, take, take on the challenge. So thank you, Christina. Um, and I think, again, I think we had a lot of um, qualities or uh, ways that you can be a leader, but if you had to pick one or two from reading the articles, talking to people from your own personal experience, what would you say would be some of the key traits or qualities of, of leadership or of a leader? Yeah, I would say, um, and this comes from, a, the series of experiences uh, plus discussions with colleagues, what we've heard throughout the articles. And I think what really stands out to me is the relationship building, which I think is the number one. I, and it's a skill, I would say, that leaders need to, to learn. Uh, you could really be great at deliverables and, and outcomes and producing but leadership really comes from those team dynamics and being able to build relationships with all team members and allowing each of your team members to feel that they are a leader within your team um, so that i would say is a, a number one skill and uh, a second one and this you'll hear from the narrative from Julia, who's the CEO from Holland Bloorview in uh, Toronto. And we were so thrilled, we just asked her if she would write uh, a piece for us. 
and she really spoke about um, the vulnerability and showing that vulnerability to your team members and apologizing when you can't make a change and you need to do something because you just that's what you have to do and there's no bending on it and listening to her speaking about that from someone who is so well established and has been noted with many awards for her leadership style um, really brings that into perspective what do you think christina well, I think Lisa went straight for the first two things I had. <laughs> so one of the things I had was about building the connection. So Lisa said that. So I'm going to try and use something else I had in my list. And Lisa also spoke about this vulnerability. So one of the other things I had here was being human, because if you are really further up, you cannot maintain and sustain this connection. So I guess if I if, if if I want to add two more things to that recipe, one would be consistency, because this means that you do what you say, and this is amazing. You have a leader that promises and delivers, and this is amazing for role modeling. And and the people you know who are below the leader, who are next to the leader, they see that a leader is someone who is you know quite exposed, and people look at them look up on them and then they want to be like them and if you don't do what you say if you're not consistent between words and actions then this is going to be propagated in your team so the leader is important to be a role model and the other thing I would say and that's why leadership can be sometimes quite lonely everyone expects from their leader to stand up in the face of adversity and to be resilient and, and leaders will cry. And sometimes, unfortunately, they will cry alone in a room and they will not share that with others. So I think resilience, but also trying to combine that with being human and perhaps sharing that, okay, I'm trying, trying, trying. I'm very strong, but I'm, all, I'm also human. And, you know, you, you see me cry now and, you know, it's, it's only normal. People need to be able to share that. Um, but they need to be resilient because the team counts on them to bounce back from challenges, to get them through um, crisis like now with the COVID-19 the good leaders are those who are you know getting their teams through that um, and working with the team to achieve that of course so they don't have to take anything everything on their stride and do it so I, I would say then consistency and resilience if I wanted to add to Lisa's excellent two points. Mm. Wow I love all of those like honesty vulnerability resilience they're all fantastic I wonder if um, we'd had this conversation and we had to Two different guest editors whether they'd come up with different things just think about what you were saying christina about the typical view of a leader um may not may be different from from person to person but also potentially from different types of people different groups different genders but thank you both for that um just to close and as i said i know you've been working hard and this is going to be a bumper edition so i'm excited to see it all pull together um what's been your favorite part or the best part of of working together and putting the special issue together for you. Christina, you want me to go first? <laughs> yes, I'm very happy to go first for this yeah. one. It's um, my favorite bit. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I really have to say uh, meeting Christina and working with her um, has been like we've known each other uh, for a long time. We both seem to, you know, think very 
alike and we get super excited by what we're hearing when we get connected to people when people were saying yes so i i really think that that was one of my top pieces because i know that I, that Christina and I will continue our relationship. But I, I don't know what we're going to be doing next, but it will continue. Um, the other piece is even reading of the articles. I, you know, and my own learning. I'm learning so much by what individuals are submitting and what they're reading. And a number of times it's even just in the con the concluding remarks of the publications where they're talking about, you know, these are the key messages, these are the pearls, these are the recommendations. And um, as a, a leader myself, I would say, you know, this is something I always strive for. You're, you never stop the learning and the educating and the adding to your toolbox. So that's been, uh, I would say those are my two favorite. Christina, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. So if I can say, like Lisa said, it, it felt very natural. It felt like I, I have known Lisa before in another life. So there was no... There were there, there was there were no disagreements. It was like complimentary, just adding things for for one another, and it was like we have planned it before. So I remember some meetings with Lisa and Carly. They were so efficient because it was like yes, yes, we do that. How? What do you think about that? That, and it all fell in in place. So it was very pleasant. It was also very fun, um, and it was. I loved the the freedom to think, and thank you for that as well, Amanda, because. The journal is so versatile, so open to new things. It just breaks the norms. And for me, this is liberating because we discussed, like uh, it was Lisa's idea, actually. Lisa said, let's do something fantastic for the, the cover, you know, let's do something really crazy on that. And, and Lisa and Carly looked into commissioning that to a team of artists. But my most favorite, 100%, you know, hands down thing is the leadership playlist. I can't wait to hear the songs. I know what my song was for that, but I can't wait. And I heard from different people, different things, so nice, so versatile, like the leadership style. So that was my top, top thing. I mean, obviously all the learning of the papers, but I think it's the versatility, it's the sort of flexibility of the, of the narrative. It doesn't have to come in one way or the other. People shared experiences, people shared um, music, there was some um, artwork there. And I think this, you know, this is finely tuned with all different kinds of people out there, all different kinds of speakers out there. They might want to listen to music and think about literature. They might want to read the papers, the excellent papers there. They might want to see papers from other countries. So I think it's this, this mix of ideas and peoples and thoughts that I find really, really um, exciting in the paper and in the, and in the issue. Uh, and of course, working with an amazing team, it was, it made everything so easy. Yes, I'm really excited about the Spotify playlist as well. I think that's going to be on everybody's, um, in, in everybody's speakers and headphones over the next few months. So hopefully they'll come out around the same time as this podcast so people can listen to the podcast and then pop that on as well. Um, well, I'd like to thank you both for taking the time to talk and especially for taking the time to curate this amazing episode. And we're really lucky to have two such well-renowned international and national leaders um, to put together our leadership issue. So I'd like to thank you again for joining me 
and I'd like to encourage people listening to read the um, special issue and listen to the podcast and uh, sorry listen to the um, Spotify playlist so thank you both Hi, this is Sharona Bookbinder, Organizational Development and Leadership Associate at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center. I'm going to answer two questions. What are the qualities of a great leader? Some of the qualities I think are part of a great leader are humility, standing beside or behind the team, showering them with recognition and praise for what they do well, facilitating and striving to bring in all resources possible for them to do their best work. A great leader empowers and supports their team. They listen more than they speak. Second question, what is your leadership statement? My leadership statement is always strive to inspire, empower, bring together and support your teams. Each individual is a treasure, but working together can create a powerhouse momentum that achieves more than the sum of its parts. Thank you. Hello, my name is Sandra, and I am an Organizational Development Associate at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center in Toronto, Canada. A great leader is not someone who is attention-seeking, loud, or craves power, but someone who can recognize their followers' potential and support them in reaching their own goals and often the goals of a larger team or organization. This leader should exemplify integrity through their words and actions, demonstrate openness in how they respect and respond to individuality, and have high EQ. By that I mean real self-awareness and self-regulation of emotions and the emotions of others. As a leader, I aim to have each person feel valued, leveraging their strengths so they can contribute in meaningful ways. I aim to understand their unique needs and motivations so I might lead them better. This includes whatever lived experiences they carry every day. I strive to lead with humility as I definitely don't know everything and can learn so much from others. My name is Shantique Harris, Supervisor of Organizational Development and Leadership at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center. What are the qualities of a great leader? Um, For me, a quality that comes to mind as it relates to a great or an effective leader is humility, Um, being a humble leader. Humble leaders, they understand they may not be the smartest person in the room or at the table or be considered the expert in handling a particular situation. Um, And I don't view it as them being inferior or, uh, you know, them being superior. It's about finding a balance, encouraging others to speak up and share their ideas, um, respecting differences of opinions and really championing the best ideas. Humble leaders, they know their strengths, they know their weaknesses, um, and I think they do a wonderful job in helping others to understand theirs and are really committed to supporting their people to really do their best and be their best. My leadership statement is that I aim to be an authentic leader, uh, one that staff will trust, turn to for help, and really feel safe to share their ideas and concerns with. Um, My leadership philosophy values honesty and empathy, which I think is crucial to authentic leadership, and it allows for collaboration with staff to achieve not only organizational goals, but also departmental goals. So that's a wrap. 
Thank you for listening today. Our current edition is available at jmirs.org and we hope that you continue to listen and that you can join us next time.